Let's start with something a little different today. I kind of like this quite a bit. Byron Donalds and Jamal Bowman are two members of Congress. Byron Donalds is a Republican from Florida. Jamal Bowman is a Democrat representing New York. They had a debate of sorts on the steps of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and it is cartoonish in a way. There's not like deep policy substance here, but I would much prefer this debate to what we've seen recently in terms of our elected officials engaging in. So let's take a look at this. This happening on the steps of the Capitol in D.C. You will see Byron Donalds on on the left of the screen and then Jamal Bowman will pop up and be on the right of the screen. But what I will say first for the gentleman from New York is I want everybody to get this now to the general to the gentleman from New York, man. Listen. It's cool. I have two people in my state that could be president. I don't know about New York. I'm, that's all I'm gonna say, though. That's Who all I'm gonna say. Could be president. Who? DeSantis. Oh, Come on, man. DeSantis doesn't have a man, shot. Man, 45. He's a white 45. Nationalist. It, oh, stop that. He's Jamal. a nationalist. No, he's he's not. a white supremacist. No, he's not. Man. He's anti-gay. No, he's, he's not. Anti-woman. No, he's not. He's no, anti-black. Listen, there's no way he can be so president. My former colleagues in the legislature. Who's the other one? Who's the other one? Republican and Democrat. When all that stuff was coming up last year. I called them. I said, tell me what's happening. They were like, uh, it's really not that, but people are trying to raise a fuss. I've had the conversations. It's not true. Why are, I've why, had the conversations. Why, why, are the, why can't uh, those who have been incarcerated, who are released, who have done their time, why can't they be reenfranchised and be allowed to vote? They are in our state. That's no, they're already not, happening. man. They got to pay all voted, kinds of fines I voted for and all the bill. that. Jamal, anyway, I, I, vote, I voted election. for the bill. Jamal, I was there when <laughs> well, they drafted it. who's the second it. guy? Who's the second guy? Second person. Second, oh, come on now. You already know that's Trump and Ron. Trump and Ron? Trump and Ron. That's two different people, man. So Trump claims Florida now? He don't claim New York? You know he he been, wow. he been claimed Florida. Two years now. Been Bye, claimed. Felicia. Been claimed. That's what he said. Bye, Listen, that's what he said. That's what he said to Kathy. Oh. He told Kathy Hochul, like, he said, I got to go. Both those dudes going to get crushed. Stop. By who? The man at 1600? Gretchen please. If she wanted to jump in, she would kill both of them. Secondly, Biden will kill both of them. Biden passed three bipartisan passed. This is arguably the best part here coming up. Three bipartisan you know pieces that, of legislation. You know what that's like? You know what that's like? Biden, that's like saying Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. Biden, Come on now. Biden passed sell that, three, sell that to somebody else. Biden passed three bipartisan pieces of legislation after an insurrection during a global oh pandemic, open back man. up to Come schools, on, killing talk, the game. Are we game. talking about the infrastructure bill? years old. talking about the infrastructure on, bill? Man. That's what we talking about? DeSantis ain't even... The infrastructure bill is what we talking Biden about? Biden will wipe the floor with DeSantis. In what world? Come on, man. In what world? Bizarro Land? Chips Act. Stop. Infrastructure bill. Stop. Safer Communities Stop. Act. Historic investments Stop. in climate. $35 insulin. High Biden inflation. Over on Southern oh, border. Fentanyl in everybody's streets. Look, I, we can do the same thing. I can do the same thing. What's he got? What's he got? All right. So, so listen, what, what did we learn, right? Only one person there was actually armed with facts. Okay. That, that's the reality. It was, it was Jamal Bowman. But they were at least relatively more substantive discussions than Jewish space lasers, woke masks, uh, trans, whatever the case may be. Now, this was not a debate in the sense that you can't really debate with someone who's simply refusing to acknowledge basic facts. You can't. And Donald's is, of course, complicit in the hate and the anger that is driving Republican voters to do what they do. And that's all very sad, right? So I'm not saying, oh, two good faith participants and whatever. But fine. But notice that whenever policy accomplishments are brought up there by Jamal Bowman, 
Byron Donalds can say nothing but no, stop, stop, no, when Bowman cites actual Biden accomplishments. And this is what the right has. They have in their worst cases, right, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, they have that completely unhinged rhetoric in the best cases where it's sort of congenial and generally speaking, respectful as this was, they still have nothing more on policy. And that's extraordinarily telling. And then, of course, the fact that Byron Donalds thinks we have we have such rich. We have a richness of candidates in Florida. We've got Trump and we've got DeSantis. Now, I don't know that I share Bowman's confidence that Biden would wipe the floor with DeSantis. That remains to be seen. But if more of the conversations among our elected officials were like this, I mean, I'd rather them be more like the Lincoln Douglas debates. OK, but that ship seems to have sailed a couple hundred years ago. If they were more like this than what we normally get, I actually would prefer it. Let me know what you think. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty of criminal charges for killing multiple people at his criminal trial, but is now being sued by the family of one of the men he shot dead in 2020 and by Gage Grosskreutz as well, whom he injured. Kyle Rittenhouse is begging, just begging people on Tucker Carlson's show, send me money because it's so unfair what they're doing to me. Uh, the funniest part, and, and this really is funny, when the time comes for Rittenhouse to give the URL where you can donate to him, he mangles the URL. This is the whole reason he was on the show. This th- t- check this out. No idea. Oh, and just to be let me explain one other thing. He's being sued civilly. Remember, you can be found criminally not guilty by the standard of uh, reasonable doubt and then responsible civilly for the same death of an individual that you caused. So just remember that that he's being sued civilly now. No idea. It's it's ridiculous. This lawsuit It's very frustrating and it's upsetting. This it's is honestly to me an attack on our Second Amendment rights and our rights to self-defense. Right. And it's saying if you use your God given right to self-defense, they're going to come after you. If you win in court, you're acquitted. Rightfully so. They're going to take you to civil court and they're going to file. They're going to take you for everything you're worth. They're going to drive you into bankruptcy and drown you in a mountain of legal bills. And I know we're going to win to court, but it's going to be expensive. It's yeah. going to cost a lot of money to fight. These attorneys are very powerful. You can go to www.givesango.com. <laughs> okay. www.givesango.com. I have no clue what the hell that is. Or slash Kyle Rittenhouse to help me. Let's hear it once more. Attorneys are very powerful. You can go to www.givesango.com forward slash Kyle Rittenhouse. Give Sango to help me take on these lawyers so they don't come after more people, because if they can come after me, they will come after you. Right. Will they, though? I'm not sure about that. Why would they come up? (laughs) Why would they come after people who haven't done what Kyle Rittenhouse chose to do? So here's the deal with this. He wants you to think that if he's been acquitted criminally, It's unfair that you should be able to be sued civilly. But that's just how the system works. You know, these these people talk about respect for law and order and all of it. This is the way it works. Criminal law deals with crimes considered harmful to society as a whole, murder, theft, assault, etc. Criminal law would 
punish offenders, deter others from committing similar crimes in some theoretical sense, rehabilitate. Okay, it doesn't happen too often. Criminal cases are initiated by the government. The burden of proof is on the prosecution to prove the defendant's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. If you're found guilty, you might have fines, imprisonment or other forms of punishment. The modern legal system we have is based on common law developed in England, adopted in many countries like the United States, and it also includes civil law. This is a bedrock foundation of our legal system. He might not like it, but it is. And when there are disputes between individuals, could be a contractual dispute, could be a personal injury claim, which is what we're talking about here. The purpose of civil law is cases brought by a plaintiff to compensate an injured party for the suffer the harm that they suffered. And civil cases are initiated by the injured party, not the government. It's a different burden, which is a preponderance of evidence, sort of like thinking about 51 percent likely or that's not actually the way lawyers would describe it, but it is a different standard. And you can be found not guilty criminally and responsible civilly. If you support law and order, if you claim, as Kyle Rittenhouse does, to support all of these different aspects of of our system, this is part of the system and you can't pick and choose which is all they want to do. He doesn't like it. He also doesn't understand it. Similar when Trump said, how can they impeach me again? They already impeached me. Well, it's for something different. Or how can they impeach me when Mueller cleared me? Well, Mueller didn't clear you of obstruction, but it has nothing to do. The Mueller probe has nothing to do with whether you can be impeached. Uh, They would like things to work differently than they do. But this is it. Pathetic Kyle Rittenhouse now begging for money. And you can go to a URL. I couldn't even understand, I guess, uh, if you want to donate. CPAC finally started and it's really humiliating and embarrassing. Here is the start of it with Matt Schlapp, who runs the event. Remember, much of the controversy around CPAC this year is that Matt Schlapp, who is anti-gay and married to a woman, he is accused of having <laughs> I, I can't even do it. He's accused of having pummeled the junk of another man. Uh, sexual assault we're talking about. Many people didn't want to go to CPAC. Here is Matt Schlapp. Uh, addressing Jim Jordan as maybe the most powerful man in Washington. There's a lot of chatter in the media about who's here and not here. I'm really proud to be standing alongside someone I think might just be the most powerful man in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You know, I don't think that Jim Jordan is at this point the most powerful man in Washington, D.C., but it's the perfect person for Schlapp to point to because Jordan has quite a history of looking the other way when bad things are being done. Let's just leave it at that. Um, Kurt Schlichter was there and he had quite an interesting anecdote. These are the sorts of colorful stories we've come to expect at CPAC. Schlichter, my friend from town hall, who has a uh, very important historic distinction. He was kicked off and banned from the Don Lemon show. I forget. What did you say again? Well, so I'm on I'm on the show and he he says this is when we run up to Trump and he says, you know, Kurt, this is terrible. This is the worst thing ever. Do you know what what Donald Trump said? And I'm like, I don't know. And he says he said that Hillary got schlonged when she was running against uh, Barack oh, Obama. This worst thing that ever. was a good one. And I, I, got, I said, I, I don't care. Hillary Clinton, I mean, you're, you care about that. Hillary Clinton literally stood by while her husband used an intern as a humidor. Whoa. <laughs> and he, totally normal. 
You can't say that. So I said, she sat there and literally stood by as her husband used an intern as a human door and boot off of CNN. Best thing that ever happened to me. All right. A true tale of redemption and forgiveness or something like that. Uh, They're still doing the election with stolen stuff. Here is Stephen Bannon interviewing Kimberly Guilfoyle and someone else looks like Miss Miss Indiana, maybe or something. I can't tell. And uh, playing up the entire Biden's not the legitimate president stuff. You said the Biden's were the occupiers of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Are you implying they did not win the 2020 election, ma'am? I'm straight out saying that they did not. That's why you're an occupier. It's like it's like the equivalent of a squatter, right? <laughs> Do you agree with that? Do you there. think Joe is Joe Biden the legitimate president of the United States? No, definitely not. All right. And then a woman traveled all the way to CPAC, I guess because she loves Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon suggests not watching Fox News anymore, which is interesting. Name and what brings you here today? I'm, I'm Bobby Rooney, and I actually came here because I love Donald Trump and I love Steve Bannon also in Real America Voice. And I'm I'm with a little group in Pueblo, Colorado, who are grandparents for America. And we did are she say gun parents or grandparents? Planting trees under which we will never sit, because right. we're trying to get policies out. Our young people don't know any of the policies, so they. Go and they vote personality. We can't win the personality war. Right. It's the left that's voting for personality. That, that oh my goodness, that is genius, huh? We can win the policy war. They're all in our favor. So we did a brochure that puts Republicans. I'm curious. Are there any policies that the country is moving in their favor? I can't think of a single one. Policies on one side, Democrat policies on the other. If you pick all the Democrat policies, vote that way. We just want you not to be stupid. Right. All right. You know, know what you're voting for. Hold on, hold on. We have all the Ma'am, policies. if you don't want to be stupid, stop watching Fox. Yes. For Tucker yes. and Jesse Waters and Maria Bartiromo. There were some except fors there. Did you hear that? He's like, except for, did he say except for Maria Bartiromo and someone else? So this is another unhinged year of CPAC. We will be live later today and then tomorrow with the Trump speech. And it is it is a gong show. It really is. But hopefully I don't have to suffer through it alone. And some of you will join me. Make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. One of our sponsors today is Leisure of NYC, offering ultra comfortable fair trade men's clothing at fair prices. Guys know it can be very tough to find good boxers and T-shirts. The search is over because all boxer briefs by Leisure of NYC are made with amazingly soft, moisture wicking viscose from bamboo, super lightweight like air, but it doesn't bunch up. And it's also great for the planet. Leisure of NYC also makes really great Supima cotton crew neck T-shirts. Less than one percent of men's basics today are made with Supima cotton. It is the best out there. It feels like silk. Quite frankly, you can walk around in a scratchy T-shirt all day or you can enjoy the cloud soft feel of Supima cotton and actually love the shirt you're wearing. These are my go to T-shirts and boxers. Nothing else even comes close to providing this level of comfort and all of their products are fair trade and made sustainably. Go pick up the most comfortable T-shirts and boxers you will ever own. But hurry because they often sell out, especially the boxers. Go to davidpackmancom slash NYC 
and you will get 15% off with the code Pacman at checkout. That's davidpacman.com slash NYC. Code Pacman saves you 15%. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor Henson Shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover. And they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensonshaving.com slash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's H E N S O N shaving.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Remember that the David Pacman show is made possible by our viewers and listeners, wherein we have the membership program. And here, as it is the way that we fund the show, I invite you to sign up at joinpacman.com. We do have the coupon code 24 starts now, which you can use. And I'll just mention this. It's I don't know. I shouldn't really be mentioning it, but we had a TikTok live stream on February 28th, the last day of the month, and we had like a one day only coupon code TikTok Feb, and it is a pretty aggressive coupon code. We didn't really turn the code off at the end of February, so you can still use it. And it's like an even bigger discount. TikTok Feb. Let's get to 
hearing from some people in the audience. I can't think of anybody more important than the folks who make this show possible through their viewership and listenership. We take calls on Fridays at join Pacman at davidpackmancom slash discord rather. And uh, you can join the discord that way. Let's start today um, with. Oh, I don't know. It's so hard to say. How about Joe from Massachusetts? Joe from Massachusetts. Welcome. Let's all hope for no technical trouble and that we have an auspicious start today. How do I sound, David? You sound good. What do you have like a creaky door there? Oh, that's my chair leaning back. I'm my bad. Oh, no problem. Maybe some dry lube would would deal with that noise. Maybe it would. I'm just going to stick it up and. Oh, boy. Now you're starting to cut in and out, Joe. Let's hope we can get a question here. I'm still bad. Okay, now I heard that. Okay. Mike's about um, George Anthony DeVolder Santos, the third Nobel Peace Prize winner um, for his contributions to nuclear fission. Um, So my quick disclaimer right before I get to the question is that he should resign because his voters voted for somebody else, basically. Absolutely. But uh, my question is, I want your take. Would it actually be beneficial to the left if he stayed on like each week, a new a new lie, a new scandal and more infighting on the right? Would it actually benefit the left if he actually just stayed? I think that the way in which. So here's the thing. If George Anthony DeVolder Santos, the third junior senior stays, I think the mm-hmm. way that it's useful to the left is that they can continue to make it a story that this guy has been allowed to stay by the Republican Party and show how low their standards are and all these different things. The trick to it is they have to keep it in the news and they have to constantly find new lies and things to talk about, because otherwise Mm -hmm. it'll just sort of fade away. You're not going to get two years out of this unless you can keep finding new lies. Yeah, I'm just curious to see where it all leads up to. That's all we can do. See what happens. But honestly, it would be correct for him to be forced to resign. That would be the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make that disclaimer. So hundred percent. Thanks for taking my call. That was my first time using a discord call. I'm glad it didn't go too bad. No, you did relatively well after we sorted out that that grit. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joe from Massachusetts. Great to have you on. All right. Take care. All right. There goes Joe. Very, very powerful declarations made there. Let's go next to Gitz from Alberta. Is that Alberta, Canada, Gitz? Yes, that is. Well, welcome. Oh, man, huge fan of the show. Um, just curious, have you ever seen the documentary The Territory on Disney Plus? No, I have not. What is it? Uh, it's just an environmental, um, it's about the indigenous people's uh, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> You're doing good. people in the Amazon and they're fighting um, the expansion of this. basically industrial colonization. Interesting. It's a fantastic watch. If you haven't seen it, um, the only ask that I have of your, your show is that it'd be kind of cool if you had some indigenous speakers talking on indigenous issues. Indigenous to where? Uh, if it's a North American issue, then grabbing someone from the local nation that could talk about that. Um, I know what Sodans right now are always in a state of perpetual um, battle with the oil companies and the RCMP, and they they have activists, they have land defenders that would you know love to talk and spread their message and raise awareness. 
I think that's a very um, yeah, interesting like, idea. We will look into it immediately. Yeah, that's that. I love the show. It just be awesome to see more uh, brown and black people, uh, specifically people from those nations. And that's the only ask I have. I think you're amazing. Um, your debate, I don't think, was a debacle. It was really weird watching some guy play forty chess with himself. You mean the like, you mean the Patrick Bet David about? one? Are you talking about PBD? Yeah. It was it was interesting to watch somebody beat themselves in 4D chess <laughs> and you're just sitting back and watching like, what are you talking about? There were so many dimensions that they were playing against themselves, essentially. <laughs> that was great. So that's all I got to say, just to be nice to see more indigenous folks. If you need a hookup, I can send some like uh, representatives if you want a uh, contact information too. All right. Gets from Alberta. I appreciate the suggestion. Thank you. Ciao. All right. There he goes. Gets. Great to have him on. Let's go next to Dan from Oregon. Dan from Oregon, welcome to the David Pakman show. What is on your mind today? Hi, David. Um, so I uh, am trying to figure out where I'm at politically right now. Uh, you know, I was very much a backer of, of most of the Democratic establishment's goals, you know, in my younger years, and I'm starting to do more and more research and, and look into how uh difficult it is to really move the needle on a lot of these big political issues with the constant stranglehold of of the capitalist class and um just wondering where where conversations could go where uh you think that we could actually move the needle in uh getting people to recognize the inherent hill we're trying to climb uh, over, you know, these giant changes that need to be made when there's the big money influences just constantly, uh, keeping their boot on. This is so tough. I mean, I wish there was a simple answer, but you're basically saying, how can you circumvent the system that got us to where we are without having any system, but that system with which to do it. Right. And this is this is what makes this stuff so difficult. You accurately diagnose that there are so many people that aren't even sort of like aware of the top level structural and systemic things that need to happen. You know, I think that these things include campaign finance, how we run elections, media. You know, I've talked about like my big overarching issues that affect every issue, but we're sort of limited by using the very broken system we have to get people to recognize this stuff. And it is the very same system which makes it so a lot of people can't afford to take time off in order to go to a protest and all these things. So, I mean, listen, I could repeat like the same stuff I always say, but obviously it's not working in any real way. So I don't have an answer. And it's sort of like one of the most critical questions, which is great. We've identified the problems of the system. And now we need to work within that system in some way. Like, I know you can say, well, work outside the system. Right. But so how are we going to communicate with people? We've got social media, traditional media, print media. You can go go out and do street preaching, but we know kind of how that works. So it is a really difficult question. And I wish I had a better answer. I I realize it was a very broad question, but, um, you know, I I really value the way you uh, Put things out there, uh, and I just wanted to hear your take on that. But it's something that I'm very interested in uh, putting some energy into and, and learning more about. And uh, yeah, just uh, I would love to see some movement in that direction as far as getting more people on board. It's uh, crazy to me that I set 
and talk to people that, you know, uh, consider themselves being on the right. Yeah. But when I kind of talk about the goals of what, you know, we're trying to, uh, that socialism essentially would, would accomplish without actually saying socialism, they tend to jump on board real quick and agree with me, but mm, moving the needle seems to be really Well, as you know, Dan, <laughs> I am not a socialist, but I still share many of the same immediate next steps that you would identify, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Well, we all know that corporate stranglehold is is uh, killing us all. <laughs> anyway, all right, my friend, right, thank well, you for bringing up this important issue. I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. There goes Dan from Oregon. Let's welcome back to the program. Johnny from Boston. Johnny, welcome. Uh, you going to be watching CPAC at all? Oh, boy. No, you're not watching not. it. OK, fair. All right. Good. No, I have other things to watch. <laughs> That's fair. I totally respect that. Um, so I wanted to ask about your uh, interview with Pandora Box. Uh, I know it wasn't on the show, but I saw it kind of on the link. I actually stopped yes. it to watch Pandora. How did you get connected with her and how has the response been? So, um, well, my colleague John uh, handled making the initial contact and um, actually Pandora was connected to the show, The Dish, that I had a cameo on. And so I actually think that was the connection. And the response has been pretty good. I have to tell you, I mean, listen, the homophobes and the anti drag and the anti trans and everybody in that space uh, came up with their same predictable responses. But a ton of people wrote to me saying I learned a ton about the difference between drag performers and trans people, which I, I I was actually kind of shocked that a lot of people didn't realize we're talking about two different things. And just generally, people were very positive about the interview. That's good. I loved it. I was I was so excited. I actually recorded a podcast with her uh, drag sister, Aggie Dune from uh, Rochester. Um, and I was like, do you know what she did? She's doing some great. She's doing God's work right now. Um, <laughs> and especially with have you heard about the thing going on in Tennessee with the governor? Um, yeah, we covered it earlier this week where he's doing all this anti drag stuff. And then he was confronted with a picture of himself in drag. Yeah, and it's it's like it's crazy because Nashville has some amazing drag performers. It's like I I really worried that it's going to put a lot of them out of work because the the bill is really draconian. It's all crazy. I mean, like, listen, what I really learned from the interview uh, with with Pandora was there's really nothing to be worried about in this entire drag panic that there is. Yeah, as if I didn't yeah, already I know that, but you know. True. I mean, there's nothing to there's nothing to worry about. There really is exactly. And um, you know, I I one of the, one of your other colleagues earlier talked about uh, George Santos and how you talk about I I call her Katara Ravash because you know, <laughs> I I'm a part time drag queen, so I have no problem calling her by her drag name. Okay, I understand why you didn't want to, but just l letting you know, I would. I would call her Katara and I will continue to call her. Katara. All right, <laughs> Johnny, you do you, my friend. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. All right. There is Johnny from Boston. Always great to hear from him. Let's go next to Joshua from Portugal, one of my favorite countries in Western Europe. Joshua from Portugal. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hello, uh, Dan. Honored to be back on after a long time. It's a pleasure. <laughs> it's been honored to be back. Welcome. I was just actually, uh, sorry. No, I was just welcoming you. 
Oh, thank you. I was just asking, like, it's come. It's more like these recent days. I'm looking more and more like an American politics, and I'm looking outside as a European, of course. And I'm always like baffled, confused, and just sad about everything that's going on. And compared to how Europe's going, I feel like worried for some of my friends who live in the states. <laughs> what specifically worries you? Uh, school shooting, the rise of the far rights, far right, such as anti, uh, not anti, sorry, um, MAGA, the Proud Boys and all that jazz. It's so worrisome because it fe- it's so easy to just fix some of these issues. Well, coming from a European, like for gun- school shootings, for example, yes. like the recent school shooting that happened in Florida a few days ago. Uh, it's kind of sad that I, I'm going to be honest, I'm always a little meddled out about it. Because of how it's a constant thing. It's hard. No, listen, uh, it's hard not to get desensitized to anything that's happening constantly, because one of the things humans do is we adapt. And uh, I am I agree with you. I am aware myself of becoming desensitized to a lot of the insane things that are going on. And to some degree, it happens with the shootings, too. Joshua. All right, Joshua is gone. Um, we could have delved more into it, but we lost Joshua. Let's continue here. Why don't we go next to Ike from Lagos? Ike from Lagos, welcome to the program. Ike, are you with us here, sir? Ike from Lagos, welcome. Ike, you probably have the lo- the wrong audio device selected. So let's see if you could fix it, because I would love to speak to somebody from Lagos, but it's not clear if it's going to work for us today. All right. And a failure with Ike from Lagos. Let's go to I've, I'm not familiar with this name. Is it Juanfer from Portland? Hey, David. Hi. Yes, uh, I I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm a I'm an immigrant from Quito, Ecuador, and I love that you have a, a Spanish uh, YouTube channel. Thank you. Yeah, we are uh, we are doing everything we can with it. I know some people are continuing to insist that really I should be doing the the, the clips in Spanish. I just don't have the time. But I did record a beautiful message in Spanish, which we will soon be publishing on the channel, explaining all of it. But I think the channel is coming along nicely. You know, um, coming in into the U.S., I have to learn about the the political climate here, because in South America, every politician, every bad politician, every every corrupt politician is from the left. So we have people like Rafael Correa and Petro and uh, Maduro, which are really corrupt and are making their countries illegal. Like you cannot live there anymore. The the salary in uh, in Venezuela, I'm sorry, the salary in Venezuela is is equivalent to four dollars a month. Yes, I'm aware of that. Now the purchasing power is of course different. Yeah, so um, I really like to thank you because you have helped shape my my political opinion of how the the left is. Uh, is helping everybody in this country. And on the right, the Republicans are trying to stop everything of value. 
I appreciate that. Uh, I uh, am doing what I can to the extent that I am able, but it's going to take a lot more than just me. That's for sure. So we've got to keep building the movement and getting people involved, I think, is the critical part. Yeah, well, thank you, Dave, for taking my call. All right. Thank you very much. Great to hear from folks from all over the world and all over the country. We're going to take a quick break, but I am taking more calls right after this short break. So if you're waiting to talk to me and you've got a few more minutes, just hang on. We'll go right back to the phones in a moment. Imagine for a second that you try logging into your email account only to find that your password was changed an hour ago, and then you get notifications of activity from your bank and then your credit cards. That is what identity theft is like, and it's a horrible feeling. And we dealt with it at the show not that long ago, but now I have an app called Aura, which gives me much more peace of mind. Our sponsor Aura is the all in one solution for keeping your online account safe because Aura will scan the dark web for your personal info, password, social security number, and you get fast alerts when they find something. You also get fast alerts about credit inquiries. Aura protects all of your devices from malware. Aura even requests the removal of your info from data broker sites. And Aura helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices. You can restrict certain apps, set screen time limits, set focus times when you need them off of devices. Go to Aura.com slash Pacman to try it free for seven days. Your login credentials might already be floating around out there, and Aura will tell you instantly for free. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman to try Aura for free. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Paired, the app for couples. Every day, Paired gives you and your partner questions, quizzes, games to have fun, to stay connected, to deepen your conversations and get to know each other better. What's great about it is you don't even have to be in the same room, especially with the baby right now. My girlfriend and I are quite busy and paired really helped us to stay connected. You get a daily question to answer. You can't see your partner's answer until you answer yourself and their questions about everything, relationship, life, intimacy, other things. And all of the exercises were developed by academic psychologists and expert relationship therapists as well. Questions like what makes you feel lucky in your relationship? Great when you want to remember and have gratitude, really great thing. What's an activity you could try together this month actually gets people thinking about things to do. It can go in really funny directions as well, but it just always feels like time well spent. Head over to paired.com slash Pacman for a seven day free trial and 25% off a subscription. That's P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Pacman to try it free for a week and get 25% off. The link is in the podcast notes. We're continuing to hear from folks in the audience. We do these calls via Discord. You can find the David Pacman Show Discord at davidpacman.com slash Discord. For everybody who's waiting to talk to me, remember, Uh, In your nickname, you must have your name and your location. So folks I see with like just a nickname or a handle or whatever, uh, you aren't going to be called on just so you know what the what the guidelines are. For example, we will go to Justin from New Jersey, name and location in that perfect format I mentioned. Justin from New Jersey, welcome. What's on your mind? Hey, David. Uh, it's first time calling here, and uh, I just wanted to ask you a few quick questions. Sure. You have a few questions. Interesting. 
Uh, first of all, is do you watch any anime? I've only ever seen one anime movie. It was like 15 years ago. It's called Spirited Away. Uh, I don't think I ever heard of that. But, okay. Um, all right. I'm into the political questions. Um, so do you think Ron DeSantis is actually not going to run? Is that a possibility? I think it's a possibility, but an unlikely one. I do believe DeSantis is going to run. It is very difficult to have a 19 point win for governor for reelection to see yourself polling very well without even having announced and then to get away from it because you never know when this opportunity might present itself again. So I do think DeSantis is ultimately going to run. Because I I think it's interesting because I can't see a world where Trump doesn't win, honestly. Uh, I I mean, listen, I don't just I also think the most likely scenario is Trump wins the primary. Because I really do see him as a very popular person, regardless of if it's DeSantis, Nikki Haley or Tim Scott. I feel like the more people actually it just helps Trump because he has a solid base compared to these other people that don't. Where I am most confident that Trump will best DeSantis is once if and when it becomes a national campaign with the insults and the nicknames and the rhetoric. DeSantis is so uncharismatic. And even though there are Republican insiders that are sick of Trump or never liked Trump, I think the imagery of Trump making fun of DeSantis and uncharismatic DeSantis not really being up to the task of of punching back, I think it's going to be very tough for DeSantis to win. Very tough. I I can agree with that. Thank you so much. All right, Justin from New Jersey. Great to hear from you. Let's go next to Dean from Dallas. Dean from Dallas. A welcome. What's going on with you? Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, I was just wondering, you know, uh, I don't know, this is just probably, you know, my opinion, but uh, elections are so exhausting. And in purple states, I don't know why the legislatures haven't moved towards like uh, ranked choice voting. It seems like it would just eliminate a lot of the the political campaigning, the exhaustion, the fatigue, and say it would be the fiscally responsible thing to do too. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, listen. Part of why our campaigns get so out of control is there's nothing that stops them from being increasingly more expensive with more and more money being spent in total by all sorts of different entities and groups and from them being longer and longer in Congress, where you're up for reelection every two years, you essentially start campaigning as soon as you're sworn in. You 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 win in November, you're sworn in in January and by March, you're already campaigning for your next election. And um, if we had I mean, listen, It probably wouldn't be good for shows like mine and people that depend on the interest and the intrigue, but it still would be better for the country if we had public financing, limited duration and compressed this thing dramatically. I do think it would be much better for the country. So do you think it's because of a financial incentive that places like Georgia, they just have an incentive to keep running it because people just funnel money into that state trying to advertise? Yeah, that's a big that's a big part of it. And the other thing is, uh, you know, there there are certain states which uh, it's not that they become trendy, but due to circumstance, like in 2020, 
Georgia had the two special elections. I, I don't, do you remember where it, they yeah. on January 5th because of the 50 percent threshold rule? And then in 2022, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene and then you had Stacey Abrams versus Brian Kemp. And then you also had the Herschel Walker wackiness. So sometimes states almost become like a magnet where they start attracting attention and money and, and et cetera. And it doesn't mean that the state is disproportionately important, but it does just start to become uh, sort of like a show more than other states. Yeah, All of that almost, stuff could be limited by some of the things you're talking about. Yeah, it almost seems like kind of like a state narcissism or something. It's like all eyes are on Pennsylvania or all eyes are on Georgia. And, yes. And then after that election and then everyone forgets about them. It's just like they're off the map. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. And um, I'm trying to think of examples where a state was like big. Uh, and that, well, I mean, like Ohio is an interesting example where for several election cycles, like I want to say 2000, 2004 and into 2008, everything was about Ohio. Ohio's a bellwether, all these different things. And then more recently, there's very little talk about Ohio as the important place for presidential candidates. So, you know, these things change over time. It's all uh, sort of like a game. And I would love to see some of the restrictions on our elections that you're talking about. Uh, uh, well, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. There is Dean from Dallas uh, with uh, great, great topics today, I have to say. Why don't we go next to Cody from Atlanta? Cody from Atlanta, welcome to the program today. Cody from Atlanta, you're muted. You have to unmute yourself. And last chance for Cody from Atlanta. I can't unmute you. You have decided to mute yourself, and thus I am unable to hear you. All right, Cody from Atlanta. It's not going particularly well today. Let's instead go to is it Lincoln from Boston or Boston from Lincoln? It really could be either. It is Lincoln from Boston. Lincoln from Boston. Welcome to the program. Uh, it's great to be here. I wanted to ask you about the 2024 election. Lincoln, are um, you originally from Boston? I was born in Massachusetts, about like 25 minutes south of Boston. But yes. Interesting, because I detected a very slight, like almost like a Canadian accent there. Uh, no Canadian here. Okay, fair, fair. I mean, it wouldn't be an insult, by the way. Canada's a beautiful <laughs> place. But all right, go on, Lincoln. Well, so uh, it is my understanding that in 2020, when Joe Biden and the Democratic Party won the presidential election, okay, um, a lot of that was due to events transpiring that year, namely COVID, of course, and the George Floyd protests. And I'm worried in 2024, unfortunately, it, it, it's awful to say this, but yeah. if there isn't major events like that that take place. I'm worried the Democratic Party won't have um, that fuel to, to win. And so I don't I, know uh, that I necessarily agree with the premise as far as the George Floyd protests. I don't know how big of a factor the George Floyd protests were in Biden's win. I do think Trump's mishandling of covid was 100 percent a factor in Joe Biden's win. But I generally agree with your conclusion, which is you're worried about Biden's ability to win in 24. And here's my view on that. It's much. How can I say this? 
you're at an advantage in terms of how you can campaign if you're not currently in power. And so even though we know that Trump accomplished nothing of value while he was president. We know that Trump made all sorts of promises that he could never possibly keep. We know all these things, right? But the fact that Joe Biden has been in power and if Trump is the nominee, he will have been out of power. Or if Ron DeSantis is the nominee, he will never have been president. They can attack Biden in a particular way that you can't when you're the person in charge. I think it's a benefit to whoever is the eventual Republican nominee. And I have significant concerns about whether Biden would win that election. I don't know that any Democrat would necessarily win uh, in that situation when Democrats have been in power. But I do think that it's going to be an uphill battle. I appreciate that answer. Um, just something I'm worried about. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my premise, um, I wasn't totally certain whether the George Floyd protests and the COVID-19 pandemic both contributed to Biden's win. That was just kind of my understanding of what happened that year. Yeah. But uh, thank you very much. All right. My pleasure. There is a Lincoln from Boston with an extraordinary um, assessment, I would say, to some degree. Let's go next to I don't know if it's Nitin or Nitin from uh, New York. However, it is pronounced. I hope that we can figure it out. Welcome to the program. Hey, David, this is Nitin here from New York, though I'm currently in Pennsylvania. That's still allowed. No problem. I just had a quick question about Trump's history of frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. What does he get out of from them? Like, why does he like typically file them? You know, especially I remember, you know, him filing around 65 or so frivolous lawsuits that were all like laughed out out of left and right and center in, in court. But you're saying in response to the 2020 what election, what does he aim to do? For, so like, there's different categories of filings, these things. Filings for. Yeah, there's different categories of these lawsuits. The 65 or 63 or whatever the number was filed in response to the 2020 election. He needed to file those because he was raising money on I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be fighting to turn it over and whatever. If he raises all this money and then files nothing, it doesn't look quite so good. So he was filing them because he was raising money to do it. Now, the lawsuits where like he sues big tech for 300 million or whatever the case may be, those seem more like virtue signaling than they are for for sort of like grifting purposes. So you have to look specifically at which ones you're talking about. Got you. But, you know, but in general, like, you know, I looked up his legal strategies and, you know, like for the most part, it's mainly about, you know, harassing opponents, trying yes. to intimidate them or like, you know, using it as a stall tactic. hundred percent. That is absolutely what it is about in many cases. Many times it's countersuits to prevent some lawsuit against him from moving forward. There's like a real all of the above sort of situation going on with them. But um, they, they seem to be relatively ineffective, at least in the last five years. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Anything else today? Hello. Uh, nothing else. All right. I very good. I appreciate the call. Your videos. <laughs> okay, Nitin. Nitin from York. We're starting to get a bit of a delay that was causing some awkward exchanges. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to everyone, but I will try to do better next time. Really great hearing from many folks in the audience. We are going to take a quick break. And the Friday show will continue. One of our sponsors today is Magic Spoon, the breakfast cereal with the crunchy, sweet goodness you love, but with high quality ingredients, less sugar 
and more protein. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar. It's packed with 13 to 14 grams of protein and just four to five net carbs. So it's great if you're doing keto or low carb or if just like me, you're trying to limit your sugar intake. They have many unique flavors, so you'll never get bored. My personal favorite is maple waffle, but I grew up in New England, so maybe that's why maple, you know, they also have cocoa, fruity, frosted peanut butter, blueberry muffin, honey nut cookies and cream cinnamon roll. Sometimes there's really just no substitute for sitting down with a nice bowl of cereal. Who doesn't love that? When the mood strikes, go for something more wholesome with plenty of protein and without all the sugar. If you don't love Magic Spoon as much as I do and our team does, Magic Spoon will refund all of your money. No questions asked. Simply go to magicspoon.com slash Pacman. You can create a custom bundle and use the code Pacman for five dollars off. That's magicspoon.com slash Pacman coupon code Pacman for five dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, it is time for Friday feedback. We're calling it Friday feedback now instead of the mailbag because we are just regularly incorporating elements that aren't actually emails. And as you know, I want both precision and clarity. And it is not really accurate to call it the email bag when we are highlighting elements from Facebook or Reddit or YouTube or whatever the case may be. So same stuff, new name, Friday feedback. All right, let's get right into it, starting with some critiques, to put it lightly. Wanda wrote in and Wanda says you and your page must be a comedian slash comedy because to think Biden is brave and has done anything good for this country is sad and blinded. Well, Wanda, you win an award. You are a critic who used the correct form of your versus your correctly using Y-O-U-R to show possession. It is my page. I used to say it is almost a requirement that you use the wrong your when you write in with hate mail, but Wanda used the correct one. Now, in terms of Biden is brave and has done anything good. There is a long list of good things that Joe Biden has done. We've talked about it, and it is a very wide ranging Inflation Reduction Act, covid stimulus, the attempt to do some student loan debt relief, although it's now tied up in court getting out of Afghanistan. I think going to Ukraine was a super interesting and politically savvy thing to do, laying the trap around Social Security and Medicare, which completely upended the way Republicans were talking about. I mean, there's a very long list of things that Joe Biden has done. Is he my favorite president? Is he the best president? Is, was he my number one pick? No, but we're trying to be adults here, Wanda, please. Uh, and such black and white thinking is very, very sad. Susan wrote in also on Facebook. This is so damn funny. I'm going to tell you what's going on here. OK, Susan wrote to me, stay off my effing page, libtard, following it up with Trump 47, go Brandon and then Put by dumb in a nursing home jail with Hillary Clinton and the Obama boys. Obama. Yeah. This is a thing that happens a lot. There are non tech savvy right wingers who don't understand how algorithms work. And as many of you know, 
if you regularly watch videos on Facebook, you might be scrolling. This is me scrolling on my phone. You might be scrolling and then you're looking at Facebook video and it's just showing you things. It's showing you things algorithmically. It's showing you things randomly. It's just showing you stuff. And if you don't like something and you're sort of like a normal person, you just scroll past it. There are people on the right who will contact us on Facebook who seem to think that we need to remove our content from their quote page. And that's where you end up with stuff like this. Stay off my effing page, libtard. Now, Susan could just press. I don't like this. And then she would never see our content again. But a lot of tech confusion as to, you know, oh yeah, I'm sitting here saying show Susan my clips. Facebook, please. Dear God, Michael wrote in about media coverage of the grand jury four person in Georgia in that Trump related uh, grand jury. And Michael said, David, love the show. Keep up the great work. Why isn't anyone talking about media coverage of Emily Kors? CNN literally aired an interview of Ms. Kors divulging inappropriate grand jury information, then proceeded to lambast her actions as irresponsible on Anderson Cooper. I would expect a reputable news outlet to know better than to broadcast such inappropriate and sensitive information. Does the media bear responsibility? I don't think so. No, I think, you know, if media uh, outlets say we're not going to name mass shooters because there's like a specific reason to avoid glorifying and giving them the fame that they seek. I, I think that's totally fine and legit to say we aren't going to show newsworthy stuff that someone else has chosen to provide because of how it might impact a case, even though there is no legal issue. I, I just see it as very different. I don't think CNN is doing anything wrong. It should be up to the jury for person to decide. Is it appropriate for me to speak or not? And for whatever uh, court related authorities to um, manage that. But I don't think media outlets are doing anything wrong by showing the interviews. Derek also wrote in about Emily Kors and says, sounds like someone close to Trump got to this woman. More tampering. Nobody in their right mind would think this is a good idea except Trump. A few people did write in and say, you know, David, it occurred to me that maybe this was something someone on the Trump side encouraged Emily Kors to do this bizarre media tour, knowing it would be useful to Trump. It's I I understand why people are making the suggestion. Uh, I have no evidence that that's what happened, but it would be interesting to look into it. Dean wrote to me about Donald Trump's plant. I think he means plan to eliminate crime and says, hey, David, someone should ask Trump if he could eliminate crime in the U.S. Why didn't he eliminate crime in the U.S. during his four years in office? You know, it's a perfectly reasonable and sensible question. But if you presented it to Trump, Trump would say, that it was because of Democrats. Democrats blocked him from doing it. But if you vote him in next time, he'll have the House and Senate. And this time, Democrats won't be able to block him. Or, you know, we often feel in politics that we have these gotchas. And of course, Dean's question is 100% reasonable. Why, like, if, why are you now saying you're going to do all these great things, which you couldn't or didn't do during your first term? They have an answer. They have an, and the point is, their followers will accept that answer. Kevin wrote to me 
and said, David, do you have any advice in regards to particular methods you find useful to keep yourself strong in the face of constant terrible news with Flint, Michigan, now Ohio? It's become very apparent to me we're on our own. Our leaders don't care about us at all. I find it disgusting that Democrats are unwilling to speak up at all about Ohio. I don't know if that's true. And they let Trump swoop in and act like he gives an S about anybody other than himself. It was a good move. Trump pulled going there makes him look good. It's hard to remain hopeful when it seems like fascism is about to fully take hold and has no real opposition whatsoever. Keep it up, David. Hopefully the Internet remains intact and you can continue to upload. It's important to know what's going on. Honestly, I know that a lot of people aren't going to like this, but honestly, here is what I recommend to keep yourself sane. Understand there's a limit to the number of issues you as an individual can fix. And for health reasons, it's really important to say this is going to be my intake of this stuff and that's going to be it. You I've said for me, unless I'm like streaming something on the weekend from the time I'm done with the Friday show until I start working on the Monday show, I pay no attention to news and politics. And it is really healthy to set those limits because you're right, Kevin. Otherwise, it becomes overwhelming in that way. Ellen wrote in and says, David, you set out all the reasons why it wouldn't make sense for Trump to sign the Republican loyalty pledge. But we all know he doesn't think rules apply to him ever. My guess is it wouldn't bother him to at least in the least to sign the loyalty pledge when it benefited him by getting him on stage and then turn right around and run as a third party candidate if it suits him. He'll have no trouble at all truthing that it was a plot by the rhinos and he's not bound by it. Ellen's completely correct. And in fact, I uh, mentioned this on the Monday show. Trump's most likely scenario is if he has to sign the pledge to debate, he'll do it. And then if he loses and wants to run third party, he'll do it. And when people say, well, but what about that loyalty pledge, sir? He'll say it doesn't apply because they rigged it and they stole it and whatever. Thorsten wrote in about me taking time off and says, Dear David, sir, I'm a great fan of your show and just saw the mailbag video. That's the reason I want to say something positive about your supporting your replacements. None of them are as good as you are. That's because it's your show. But all of them did a very good job. It's extremely hard to replace the front runner of a show, even for a short time of vacation or parental leave. Everybody has his own voice, style, way of speaking, of declaring something. I think you did a good job with the picks. Well, I appreciate that. And then lastly, from TB or TBM. Hello, David. I wish to thank you for not starting your broadcast with the word so. I've begun to avoid sites that do. Use of so to start a broadcast is as sloppy as what's up, everyone. Both of these rank up there with at this point in time or in this moment, both of which drive me to distraction. Laziness has no place in journalism. I'm pleased the malaise hasn't infected your programs. Yeah, I don't. So I guess that would be like if I started a show with something like uh, so Donald Trump did another crazy thing. I guess I don't do that. I've never I've never noticed people in general doing that. But to the extent that TB likes that, I don't start my episodes with. So I am at your service, TB. TB, thank you very much for uh, for letting me know. Remember, you may be featured in Friday feedback. 
If you respond to me on Twitter, leave a YouTube comment, respond on Facebook, whatever the case may be. And you also, of course, can continue to email info at davidpackman.com if you have something to say. We also now have the David Pakman show in Spanish with where are we from the standpoint of subscribers? Where are we doing on Spanish? Right around the 2000 mark. Yeah. So we are building the Spanish channel. It is the same content dubbed into Spanish for folks who prefer to consume the content in Spanish. You can go to davidpackman.com slash Spanish to find the channel. And I will see you uh, next week. And uh, producer Pat's on the bonus show today. He'll see you in a moment.